Yeah, let's pray. Well, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence, your indwelling presence in every believer, but also, Lord, that you make your presence known amongst us. And God, we thank you for the scriptures, Lord, the truth that is contained within it. We thank you for the spirit of truth, your Holy Spirit that wants to lead us into truth, Lord. We don't want to live under lies, God. We want to live in truth fully grounded in truth, living from truth, Lord. Our minds filled and baptized, immersed in truth. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, you are here and that you would just illuminate in our hearts and our minds what you're wanting to say today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. So I'm going to be speaking from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Well, really just verse 10. Uh, This was um, a significant verse for me when I became a Christian at around 16 uh, years of age. Uh, I don't know, obviously it's just a great, great passage of Scripture, but uh, but it was probably, I think it was the first one that I memorized. And... uh, so it's good. So for, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is the gift of God, not by works so that no man can boast. For you are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to good, do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That you should walk in them. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I probably know the NIV, actually. This is, yeah, but it's all good. NIV lovers. But this is the English Standard Version. Um, so it is, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It's not as a result of work so that no one may boast. So that's a really significant section of Scripture, a verse that talks about uh, our salvation in God, that it is God's work, it's His grace, which means it's His power working in us to bring us to that point of salvation. And our faith and our engagement with that is what brings salvation to us. It's God's work, it's God's desire, it's God's plan that you would be saved. Okay, you may respond to him, but ultimately it's God's decision. It's God's choice. It's God at work to bring us to salvation. That's really good news because I think if it was up to us, it might not work out so well. But to know what, what we are grounded on is the fact that God has pursued us. God has chosen us and we have simply responded to him. And it's not as a result of work so that no one can boast. So God doesn't say, look, if you jump through this hoop and jump through this hoop and climb this mountain and survive through this valley, then you'll be good enough to be one of my children, to enter into my kingdom. Not at all. What he says is you'll never be good enough to fulfill the righteous requirement that I I demand of my people. You can't do it, but it's okay because my son has done it for you. He he has stepped in to your place and he has fulfilled every requirement of God's law. And all we get to do is receive what Jesus has done and enter into all that God has for us. It's good news, amen? All right, but verse 10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the part I wanna focus on today is this idea that we are created for good works. We're not created to sit around and do nothing, uh, but we're also not created to work in order to receive something from God. We have received everything that we could ever need from God, but from that place we get to work for God. So God has a plan for your life. And it's interesting in this one verse in Scripture, it can go, we can look at and understand from the origin of our creation to the ultimate destiny of our lives in this little verse. It actually outlines our origin, 
our identity, our purpose, and our destiny. One verse. That's pretty cool. God's pretty intentional about what he puts in the Bible, but from one verse. So what we have is at the beginning of verse 10, for we are his workmanship. So we understand our origin. Where did we come from? We came from God and he has created us. We were handcrafted by God. Do you know that you were handcrafted by God? That God knew the time and the moment of your conception. He knew when you were going to be born. He knew every part of your life right at that moment. God has intentionally purposed you to exist on the earth at this time. That's a really great starting point to understand who you are is I was created by God. I'm God's workmanship. The Bible says that God knit us together in our mother's womb, that God is very much in that process. Even if you maybe grew up and you didn't know the Lord until a certain age, maybe you're here today and you're like, I I don't know if I've ever really known God. I need you to know today that God put you together. He formed you together with intentionality and purpose and meaning and life. And He has brought you into this world for this time. He may have even brought you along here this morning for this moment. So we understand we are created by God. We are His handiwork. The fingerprint of God is upon us and upon every single person. This is a really helpful thing when it comes to even thinking of the world and evangelism and and engaging and connecting with people. Every single person is made in the image of God. Every single person has the fingerprint of God upon them. And I find that really, really helpful sometimes when you're engaging with people who um, maybe that, that fingerprint is a little bit smudged. Uh, you know, maybe you look upon people and they're like, man, they're really difficult, they're really hard, they're really abusive. Whatever it is about another individual's life, to understand at the base level, they were created by God and they have the image, the fingerprint of God stamped upon their lives. And that's why there is inherent value in humanity. That's why there is inherent value in people is because God was intentional about creating them. He didn't create Christians. He created all humanity, all people. Everyone is knit together in their mother's womb. And for many people, they come and they're brought up in environments where they don't know the law, so they don't know their their origin. They don't know their destiny. They don't know the meaning and the purpose of their life. So we have our origin in God and they were created in Christ Jesus. For you, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we are created in Christ. This is our identity. Okay, so we know where we come from. God intended us. And what did he make us like? Well, he he formed us to be in Christ. When God looks upon you, he sees his son. When God looks upon you, he doesn't see your failings. He doesn't see the the missteps of your life. He doesn't see your, your broken. He doesn't see all of those things that might shape your identity. He doesn't see what you haven't done or what you wanted to do, but you never got around to. He sees his son. He sees the righteousness of Jesus upon you. If you're a Christian, God sees Jesus. That's what he sees. God's perspective of us is shaped by his perspective of his son. And his son is perfect and righteous and whole. Now, God's not ignorant of of reality, but ultimately when we receive Christ, we receive everything of his and he receives everything of ours. The great exchange happens in that moment that I cease from being from needing to stand on my own two feet and I get to stand on Christ and what He has done and that's who I am. So regardless of what you do in your life, you probably won't impress God. 
And you might try really, really hard. Anyone live their life trying to impress God? Yeah? Just me? Awesome. That's okay. But you know what? The, the reality is you could do the greatest thing in the world. You're probably not going to impress God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you can live a life that pleases God. You can live a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, the Scripture says. So you can live in alignment with God's desires. You can fulfill the calling of God upon your life. You can please God. But it's not about impressing God. It's not trying to do good things and all that God says, hey, you're awesome. Uh, even just this morning, I was praying for someone and you know, they were just... just Sometimes we just have those hard mornings and, uh, and Lisa and I were praying for them. And, but I just felt straight away, it's like, wow, I'm actually speaking on this this morning that uh, God's not looking for you to be, to be perfect and to get it all right. God loves you just the way that you are. And he looks upon you and he, see, and he sees the righteousness of Christ, but he's not, he's not looking for you to try and impress him through good works because we never will. So we actually get to rest in who we are in Christ and our identity in Him. So the danger for us is when we work for our identity and not from our identity. This is the trap that a lot of humanity and a lot of Christians fall into. They don't know who they are. They don't know that they, they might know, I know God created me, but now he's, he's kind of mad at me and I've got to try and earn his favor back and I keep stuffing up and so I've got to then go and, and work that back to get back into God's good books. But essentially they don't know who they are, so they're constantly trying to figure that out through what they do for God. It's when we perform to try and discover who we are. So the issue is that our performance is always up and down. And if our identity is tied to our performance, then our identity is all over the place. You ever had that? You have like a really, really good day? Maybe you're like me. It's like somebody have a good day. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, I've got a good day. Or you have a good week. Maybe you have a good month. And then you're feeling really good about your relationship with God. You're feeling really good about who you are as a follower of Jesus. Then all of a sudden you have a bad day and you're like, oh, now I'm worthless and I'm nothing. And then, and then but oh, I'll make it. I'll, I'll, I went along on Sunday and I came down the front and I repented and I prayed. And now, okay, now this, things are gonna be different this week and I'm gonna be good. And then I wake up Monday and I forget that and I do that and I, oh, I fall back into that habit. Okay, now I'm, and you understand then it's like our identity is always up and down. It's in and out and it's never stable because we're trying to actually work for our identity rather than working from our identity. So if I'm God's workmanship and I'm created in Christ, if He looks upon me and He sees the righteousness of His Son, now it doesn't mean I ignore and go, oh yeah, there's no sin. No, there's absolutely sin, but it doesn't de determine who I am. Sin is something that I do and it might come from a place of brokenness. It could come from a place of trauma. It comes from a place of not knowing my identity, but it doesn't determine who I am. If it did, then the work of Jesus on the cross was kind of irrelevant for me. Either Jesus completed that work or he didn't. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay off 95% of the debt that you have towards God because of your sin. And I'll leave the other 5% up to you. Not at all. It's 100% what God has done. 
Okay. Now, again, we're big in, in our community of, of, like, of focus on holy living and, and dealing with unrighteousness and confronting sin. So I'm not sitting up here saying, oh, just forget about your sin. Doesn't doesn't matter. It absolutely matters because it destroys people. It impacts others. It, it does impact the way that we relate to God. It can get in the way of that, but it doesn't determine who we are. Amen? So who I do, what I do, sorry, is not who I am. Who I am should determine what I do. We do good works, not a good performance. We're not performing for God, but we're living a life that pleases God. And we're partnering together with God to do these good works. So we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's our purpose in life, is to do good things for God and to do good things with God. So if you want to, why am I here? Why did God create me? He created you for good works. Okay, cool. He's, he's, he's created me to do good things, to make an impact on the lives of others, to impact this world. You are a world changer. You are a world changer. The portion of the world that you change might be small, but you're still there to do good works in that space. You might say, well, I've just, I've just kind of have a, I just work and I have a job and that's kind of what I do and I work long hours and then I come home and like, there's not much. It's, yes, that's, that's the good works that God has for you. Within that space, wherever you go, God has intentionality and purpose for you to, to produce good things in that place. Amen? We're very quiet. You're welcome to make noise. I cannot, I cannot hold a sneeze in. Is anyone like that? Like, if I try and hold a sneeze in, it's like my, I feel like my face is going to explode. But, uh, yeah. God bless you for those that can. So God has prepared us for good works and he prepared those good works beforehand. So God, again, is intentionally saying, I've knit you together. I formed your identity in Jesus. And now I have good things for you to do. And I've actually prepared them for you. It's like in cooking shows. Here's, here's one I prepared earlier. God has prepared these works for you. So it means there's a plan and there's an intentionality in God to fulfill those things, to see them produced in your life. So again, we're not just going, oh, I'll try and find something to do. No, God has intentionally set things apart for you to do. So we need to seek Him then to say, it's not just going and keeping busy doing good things, but discovering from the Lord. So what is the good work that you have for me to do, Lord? in my life, but it might be, what is the good work that you have for me to do today, God? What's the good work that you have for me to do this week, Lord? And God has a plan. He's prepared it beforehand. And why? That we should walk in them. That is our destiny. That we would walk out these good works that God has for us. Not that we would look and go, man, God's got great things in store for me. Oh, that makes me feel good. That's great, but... It's in order that you should walk in them. Like I love that Paul didn't need to say those words. He could have said, which God prepared beforehand. Okay, cool, we're good. That you should walk in them. Oh, cool. There's actually a caveat here that means I'm called to actually walk out the things of God. I'm actually called to, to step into these good works that God has for me. It's not like a, a certificate that I put on the wall that says, hey, I've been created for good works. I've been created in Christ. God has this amazing destiny for me. Wow. 
That's good. Oh, in order that I should actually walk in them. God has a plan, but he wants you to walk in it. So you were created to do good things for God and with God. And the reality is we live in a world that calls us to live for ourselves. To consider ourselves more highly than others. To do things for vain conceit. (laughs) To do things that meet our needs and that are primarily for our benefit. But the life that God invites us into in His kingdom is a life that is set apart for Him. It's not awaiting a future reality, but expressing a heavenly reality now. Our destiny in this life on earth is that we fulfill the good works that He has for us. Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live... In the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul got it. He understood when he passed through the waters of baptism, when he was born again by the Holy Spirit, he understood, oh, actually that that old life died. That self-seeking life has passed away. That self-focused life has passed away. That life of pursuing things for my own benefit, oh, that's actually passed away. And I've died with Christ and I've been raised again. So now my entire life is all about what would you want for me, Lord? What would you want? What do you want from me, God? What do you have for me, Lord? And that's the life that he now lives. He doesn't have his old life plus Jesus attached to that. Okay, so cool. So I do my life and then if I have some time left over, I'll I'll do what God wants from me. Or I have my life and it's kind of filled with lots of busy activity, but on Sunday, I'll give him a couple of hours of my time to to do what he wants. It's like, no, 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 You, you, you don't have any time. You have no purpose outside of God. You have no existence outside of God. All you have is your existence in God and your purposes in God and your time that He has set apart for you. And I understand that this is, this is radically in conflict with the culture that we live in. That says, no, it's all about you. It's all about what you want. And we can read, even when it comes to our destiny, we read that into, oh yeah, cool. So God's got good things for me and hopefully I'll be able to kind of squeeze them into my life. But ultimately that's so that I get a good outcome. Well, what if God's destiny is that you are to move to another country to to proclaim the gospel and in five years time, you're gonna get slaughtered by a local tribe? Oh, don't know if that'll make it onto Instagram though. I wonder how many likes I'll get. <laughs> like, but do you understand? It's, but to fulfill that calling, to understand that's, I've, I've died to my old life. I've been raised in, in Christ and I'm living His life. So whatever the destiny He has for me is good. And it's life-giving and it's amazing. And I can fulfill and get to the end of my life and be called a good and faithful servant. Not a good and fruitful servant, but a good and faithful servant. And faithfulness is fruitfulness in the kingdom of God. I'm just said yes to him. And you've got to say yes to God before he tells you what he wants you to do. That's my encouragement to you. So if you wait, it's like, well, I'll, I'll wait and see. If you can map it all out for me and let me know what it's going to be like. Yeah, no, I'm not keen on suffering. 
Um, I'm not keen on, on being humiliated. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that your plan is really... I think that sometimes, you know, we want to know what our life's going to be like every part of the plan. And I reckon if God did it, we'd probably say no. So that's why. It's like, oh, just show me every part of my life and my destiny. And God's like, I, I would, but you'd probably say no. How about you just say yes to me and we'll just slowly roll it out together. And we'll get to that hard point and you'll want to run away. You'll want to turn around. We're like, no, no, come on. We can, we can get through this. We can just remember what you learned. Remember who you are. Remember who I am. We're going to get through this together. Okay. Living moment by moment with God. And again, when it comes to the whole of our life, whenever we work, regardless of the work we are doing, we are working for God. This is really good to know. If you're working at like a full-time job, even a part-time job, whatever you're doing, it might be parenting children. You're doing that with God and for God. Every work that you do is with God and for God. It kind of can shift our perspective as to how excellently I invest my time and energy. If you're working for a boss, you might have a really great boss, which will inspire you to do good work. You might have a really bad boss, and that'll inspire you to not do so great work, maybe just enough to slide through. But if you understand, well, I'm actually not working for a boss. I'm actually not working for my children. I'm actually not working for anybody else. I'm working for God. So everything that I do, I'm doing for His glory. I'm doing for His delight. I understand who I am. So it could be a menial task, but I'm gonna do it in the delight of the Lord and I'm gonna do it with the fullness of my might. And God's gonna be pleased because I know I'm working for Him. That's, that's where excellence should be rooted in. In understanding our identity, so I'm not performing for Him, but I'm gonna give it my all because I'm just, I just know that God delights in me giving the fullness of myself to Him regardless of the tasks that I'm doing. And I know for me, man, that can really help to shape my perspective on parenting because sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes you, you don't want to, to do it. Sometimes you're just like, I'm just done parenting. Fend for yourself, children. <sighs> but to know, actually, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not working for them. I'm working for God. In everything that we're doing, I'm, I'm working for God. I'm resting for God. Everything that I'm doing is for Him because it's in Him and it's His life and it's His time that I'm using. I'm stewarding His creation through my life. And when we work for God, there is always a greater work that He is doing, either in us or through us. So when we commit ourselves to I'm working for the Lord no matter where I am, there is always a greater work that He is doing. You could say in, in your workplace, if, if, you, if you take that perspective, I'm working for God, I'm giving it my all to understand God is at work in your workplace. And it might be through you, it might just be around you, or it might be in you that is forming and reshaping you. But to understand, man, endurance, what that's going to produce in me is good fruit. Man, if my, my character needs to be reshaped. It's going to produce good fruit, but oftentimes it's in the everyday things of life. But if we look and say, oh, no, it's only in my prayer time that God's going to shape me. Or it's only if I go and get some prayer ministry or in a mentoring session that I'll let God shape me. No, it's every moment of every day God is shaping you and forming you into the likeness of Jesus. If you leave it for set apart times, the, the process is going to be much, much slower. Because you're going to miss all of this opportunity to meet and encounter God in the, the menial reality of every day. It might be doing the dishes. You can encounter God by doing the dishes. You can encounter the, 
uh, the Lord by, from mowing the lawn or from just, you know, maybe, maybe someone at work kind of uh, diminishing you in some way. And I'm not saying that you don't know who you are and don't stand up for yourself, but it's, it's okay to sometimes in that process of humiliation, man, you, you meet God when you're humbled. And you can choose it. And sometimes there might be an opportunity where it's like you get humiliated and there's an opportunity in the midst of that to encounter him. Unfortunately, in the kingdom, resurrection is only the result of crucifixion. <laughs> Exaltation is actually only the result of humiliation. Who loves humiliation? Not me. But if I know that God is with me and I know there's an opportunity in the midst of that to meet him in that place, then I'll, then I'll receive it. I won't run away from it. I won't hide from it. I won't dismiss it, but I'll embrace it. It's like, man, God's in this process. God's in the process of humiliation. It's okay. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's the life that we're called to live. Everything that I'm doing, I'm doing for His glory. And if it's not giving Him glory, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it. And the beautiful thing is we don't do it alone. God doesn't just, here's the job list, see you later. I'll see you when you die. God's like, no, no, it's, it's you and I working together. Because it's my works and I'm going to partner with you to see it fulfilled. We partner with the Holy Spirit so we can know what to do. We can know how to do it. We can know when to do it. We live in the flow of His grace, His power and His presence in order that we can accomplish these good works. Because God might say to you, here's the good works I have for you. And you're like, God, I can't do that. And He's like, I'm fully aware of that. God's fully aware of your limitations. And that's why His unlimited power and presence and authority dwells in you by His Spirit. So you have an endless resource of God that literally dwells in you. He's made His home in you. Now, you might not know how to access it, but that's the journey with God. You might come to the end of yourself and you're like, all right, God, it's time for you to show up. I don't think we should get to the end of ourselves because if we're partnering with him the whole time, we'll never get to the end of ourselves. But, but you know what? Like sometimes we find it's like, what you're asking me to do, God, I, I can't do that. And God's like, I'm, I'm fully aware of that. That doesn't qualify you. Your ability doesn't qualify you. God's ability will qualify you. God's authority will qualify you. God's plans and purposes, that's, it's God who qualifies us not our own ability. And I do think that sometimes our ability um, can diminish our dependability. And that's sometimes what gets in the way. It's actually as we grow and mature in Christ, we can fall into the trap of being less dependable, dependent upon God. And that's not a good place for us to be in. So even as we grow, it means there's, there's also greater works that God is doing and there's, so there's a greater measure of dependability that I need to lean into. So we get to delight in this partnership with God. God's excited about the good works that He has for you to do and He's excited to partner with you to see those things come about. And you might go, but God, you don't understand where I'm at or what I'm going through. He's like, no, I'm fully aware of everything and still I have good works for you. 
And the good work might be doing a journey of, of internal transformation into his, into his character and his likeness. The good works that he might have for you is, is healing from, from historical trauma in your life or freedom from addiction, whatever it might be. God is actively at work with you in that process. He's not saying, can you please clean up your junk in order that you can finally get on and do some good stuff. He's like, that is the good work. As I've said before, the glory of God is revealed in Christ's perfection, but the glory of God is revealed in our redemption. It's actually in the process of transformation that God's glory is revealed in you. He's not waiting one day, oh, one day I'll be able to reveal my glory through you because you'll be perfect. Not at all. You're going from glory to glory because God is redeeming you. He's reforming you. He's transforming you into the likeness of his son. So no matter where you are, if you are yielded to the work of God in your life, his glory has been revealed. And you can look and go, there's so much unglorious stuff. Absolutely there is. But where's the glory that's been revealed? Well, I, I, I know this changed in my life this week. I had a revelation of who God is. I, I chose to, to live out in this way rather than living in an old way. His glory gets revealed. It's wonderful. Even in the Great Commission, where it says to go and make disciples of all nations, it ends with, and I'm with you to the end of the age. So in this great and glorious and marvelous work that God is doing in us and through us, He is present with us. It's good news. Amen. God is inviting us into his good works, works that he has prepared for us. Our destiny doesn't exist if we don't choose to walk it out. There's no good knowing the destiny of our lives if we're not actually willing to, to partner with God to see it come about. When it's easy and when it's hard, God is at work. Whether, whether there's promotion or demotion, God is at work and he has good works for you. Whether there's opposition or advancement, God is at work and he's doing a good work. We think it's just like up and up and up and up. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, no, no, I'm going down, 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 down. We wanna go higher and God wants to go deeper. That's okay. But if we're yielded to him and we're partnering with him and we understand you're doing a good work in me, Lord, even though it feels not so good. But I know, Lord, and I'm standing on this scripture. I've been created by you. I'm, I'm your workmanship, God. This is, again, possibly why God helped me to remember it when I was a, a new Christian. I've been created by God for good works. He's doing a good work in me and he's gonna do a good work through me. Our lives have been set apart for him and our lives have been set apart for good works. Now I know again, sometimes in our culture, there's, there's, there's burnout, I mean, in the culture of the world and there's people who just push themselves too far and there's workaholism and all of that sort of stuff. We're not talking about that because that's burnout comes when you're working for God from the wrong place. Because then you're pushing yourself beyond your capacity. You're pushing yourself beyond who you, who you are. There's not self-care in that process, okay? It's not performance orientation, not performing for God. But we can do mighty and good works with God in partnership with Him. You know, my, my, my prayer to God for myself is not that I would find more opportunity to rest, but I'd have a greater capacity to work. 
And I love, I, I, like, I enjoy working hard and I enjoy resting. But for me, the delight of, of partnering with God to see things produced is like, I just love that. I love seeing Him good, do, do good things through my life or in my life. But I'm not gonna get to the point where I'm like, I'm gonna cost myself and go beyond my capacity. Because if I go beyond my capacity, it means I'm working out of my own capacity. And again, you might have gone through a journey of, of, of burnout and stepping over that line. And I get that there's tentativeness and there's concern, but we've got to understand that God's not going to call you back in to go, oh, no, you just need to do it again and try harder. It's like, no, you actually just probably need to do it again and rest in me more. Stay connected to the vine, because if you're abiding in the vine, then all of the life flow of God can come through you. So what I, what I would hate for us to see is that we end up in this place where we're so concerned about not doing too much that we actually don't do anything for God. Or we're so concerned about, I don't want, oh, I don't want to cross that line again, that we haven't, never actually step into His capacity and go beyond our own. Now again, if you know me, I'm not a, I'm not a pusher. Um, I, I, I just don't like pushing people. I don't want to, but I'm also like aware that but not if it's going to cause us to step into disobedience. We don't want to have so much care and concern for ourselves or for others that we actually don't let them step into the fullness of all that God has for them. But I think if we, are, if we understand that we are in Christ, that our identity is in Him, that we're not working for our identity, that we know, you know what, whether I pass or fail, I'm good with God. Whether I cross the line or don't cross the line, me and Him, we're good. Nothing can change this relationship. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ, the Bible says. Nothing. How many things can? No things. Okay, cool. So nothing can separate me from God's love. Okay, that's good. What if I, what if I did something bad enough that I lose my salvation? So, well, you didn't earn it in the first place, so I'm not sure how you can lose it. Um, how you can disearn it, like it's clearly God's done all of the work that He can possibly do to do that. Okay? And again, I think if you're focused on what if I do this, then how about just don't focus on not doing bad, focus on doing good. Just to set your eyes on, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to mess up, I'm going to stumble, I'm going to fall, but my eyes are on you, Lord, and we're doing a good work, and you've paid the price for all of my sin, so I'm not going to ignore what needs to be done in my heart and in my life, but I'm focused on doing good works. Even when I'm stumbling, even when I'm not doing what I would like to do or in the way that I'd like to do it. God's desire is to see His kingdom come. God's desire is for disciples to be made. And he has a plan A, and it's you, and it's me, and it's us. It's his church, it's his bride. We are the ones who will see the world transformed. He showed us how. He discipled those, those first 12 disciples. He showed them, this is how you do it. Just live like me, follow me, do the works of the Father, and you'll see great fruit and great outcomes, and you'll be formed and shaped on the way. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray. If you're, if you're able to stand, why don't you stand with me? If it's not too much work.
10.55. Thank you, Lord. Let's rejoice. Yeah. I just, I just spoke at like two times speed, though. Maybe that's the... Do that every week. Awesome. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your peace. And Father, I just pray for myself and anyone else who would agree with it. We just open our hearts to, to receive from you, to receive uh, revelation, to receive conviction. to receive what we need, Lord, in order to step into the fullness of what you have for us. Father, I feel like for some of us today, even just knowing that we are created by God and created in Christ, that's the revelation we need today. that we know you have good things in store for us, Lord. But even if we didn't do a single thing from today on for the rest of our lives, we would still be loved. We would still be purposed by you to exist in this time, in this moment. We will still knit together in our mother's womb by you, Lord. And Father, I just pray even over just... I just want to speak to your spirit, your personal spirit. And I just want to say, I feel the Lord saying, I'm just so thankful that you're here in this time right now. And the Lord delights over your moment of conception. He knew the moment of your birth. And maybe even for your parents, they didn't know the moment or they weren't intentional about your creation, but God was intentional. You may have been called a mistake. You may have been called a surprise, but you were not a mistake to God and you were not a surprise to God. You were intentioned and purposed by the Lord to be created at this time, this moment in history. And the Lord delights in you as His child, And He loves you right where you are, right as you are. So we thank You, Father, for our identity in You, for our origin in You, Your workmanship, Your handiwork, God. And we thank You for that foundation that we can live upon, we can stand upon, that we can build our lives upon. What You have done, and who you call us. But we thank you, Lord, that there is a purpose for our lives. That you've created us with these good works and you are intentional, Lord, about producing good things through our lives.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and awaken purpose today? Would you come and awaken, Father? I pray for revelation, even right now, of the plans and purposes that you have for us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the delight of partnership that you have, God. That you're you're not a slave driver, God. But you're a good father who delights to work with his children. Even like, a, like an earthly father would just delight in seeing their children you know, partner with them to, to learn new skills and, and develop new things and to, to work alongside him. That's the father's delight in you. That's the father's delight in you to work with you, to partner with you, to see these good and glorious things come about. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you are working in us while you're also working through us. That you're not waiting for a time to come when we'll be good enough to work with you. You're not waiting for a time to come where we'll have dealt with enough of the brokenness in our lives that we can now partner with you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Just pray, Holy Spirit, come. This isn't a we don't this isn't a, a mind engagement thing. This is a this is heart, this is spirit engagement. We need you, Holy Spirit, to bring this revelation, Lord to be reshaping not just our minds, but our hearts and our spirit, Lord, deep in us, God, that we would understand who we are. We would understand that we are deeply loved, that the work of Christ has been applied to us, that we have received your righteousness, Lord, and you have taken our unrighteousness, God. And the life that we now live, we live by faith in you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just pray, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would tear down any strongholds of thought that have been built up, Lord, in our lives to this moment, these ungodly ways of thinking. We just pray, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would tear those structures down, Lord, that you would free us from this this understanding that we need to perform for your pleasure, God then we need to perform for your acceptance, Lord. I just come in the authority of Jesus and I command a tearing down of those strongholds and Holy Spirit that you would build new ways of thinking that we would understand that we are the beloved of God, that we are treasured by the Father. And there are things that God is wanting to shift and change in us, but it doesn't determine our acceptance. God uses broken people. God uses broken vessels. And it's in the work that God is doing the forming. We're not waiting for perfection in order to partner with God. We just say, Lord, take us as we are. We give ourselves to You. We yield ourselves to You. 
and all of the areas that we're aware of that need to change, God is aware of a whole lot more. But trust the Lord that He will reveal it in His timing and He will work with you to bring you into freedom. So we just thank You, Father, that even as we wake up tomorrow, we'll know there's good works for us to do today, God. There are good things that You're doing in me and through me today, Lord. And Father, I pray that You will just stir up the light in us, Lord, that delight of partnership, the delight of Your presence. Father, where we are weak, we thank You for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We thank You, even as the Apostle Paul said that, it's actually in our weakness, Lord, that You become our strength. So we thank You, Lord, that we don't need to look at our capacity. We can look at Your capacity. And You love us and You care for us, Lord, and You call us to to rest, but You also call us to work. So we thank You, Lord, that we get to partner with You. But when we're not performing, Lord, we can be at rest even as we work. So we thank You, Father, just for that shaping of our, our ways of thinking, Lord. But You'd awaken in us, Lord, in the core of who we are, this delight in the partnership that we have with You to see Your kingdom come and Your will be done, to see disciples of nations made, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. We love You and we bless You, God. Thank You, Lord. Amen.